In today's world, listeners are complex and multidimensional, and it's a little cumbersome to toggle back and forth from channel to channel trying to get your fix. We feel your podcast should be just as diverse as you. Welcome to Fred Talks, where the topics are as layered and multifaceted as you are, with a dash of inspiration and a little bit of an edge. Hey, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Fred Talks, a catalyst for crucial conversations for the culture. I am your host, Fred B. And if you have been checking for the podcast, refreshing your podcast player, you already know that I took a little bit of a break after I hit about 16, 17 episodes from season one. Well, having come back from a respite today, I'm ready to share my thoughts on what I'm going to title arrested development. Just a little bit of wordplay. You'll peep the double entendre in just a second, because when you hear this, uh, you think Arrested Development, if, if you're an 80s baby like me or even older, then you remember the group Arrested Development, right? With my guy's speech and all of those, uh, all those cats that were singing. Um, but I digress. Uh, I'm using this phrase to allude to the idea of short circuiting, hampering our development in areas. That's what I mean by Arrested uh, in one sense. But I also want to contrast that and even emphasize how when we are rested, from a rested place, um, how that pursuit then, or the area of our development happens in a more expedient uh, fashion, if you will. Coming from a rested posture seems to have a deeper and more transformative uh, impact uh, as we go through the process. So it sounds like I'm talking in circles, just stick around and I'll make it plain right after these ground rules fam. This probably doesn't need to be said, but of course, we're going to say it anyway. The views and opinions expressed on Fred Talks podcast are not to be misconstrued as professional advice, counsel, gospel, a personal attack, law, guarantees, a substitution for hard work, a one-size-fits-all formula for every scenario, or any type of promise. It's a podcast, y'all. Come on. You know you need to consult a credentialed professional before making a hasty or significant change with your life. Don't you? Don't you? Of course you do. Now, be encouraged by the show. Be entertained by the show. Be challenged to cross-examine some of your long-held beliefs. Note, the host and his guests have strong views held loosely. Being committed to lifelong learning means that their perspectives may change in light of new information. That's not contradiction. That's evolution. So please, don't come for us. Unless we send for you. Now that we have an understanding, let's get back to today's episode of Fred Talks. All right, so let me give you the backstory and tell you where how this all came about. What had happened was, <laughs> no, this episode is inspired by the fact that there was a, a, a seismic shift in the economy, right? Which has resulted in, you know, what I observe, observe to be a gig economy and maybe even a grind economy. You know, it's not uncommon now for everyone to be preaching a doctrine of hustle harder, go harder, go big, go harder, go harder, team no sleep, uh, grind, grind, grind. And, you know, if I just, you know, just to keep it, you know, 100 with you guys, I bought into that doctrine myself and, you know, even reposted some things and all of that stuff until, yeah, until burnout, until anxiety, until I realized just how untenable that philosophy is. You're doing all that at the expense of some other things that are really essential parts of your life. Right. 
So, you know, I've accepted the fact that balance, of course, is really just a myth. So don't let anybody tell you, no, you got to have, you know, like this work life balance. Uh, it's not going to be equal shares. You know, my time is not equally distributed among all the roles and slices of my life because I do quite a few things, as I'm sure uh, you do as well. And so they're not equally distributed, nor should they be. And I want to say, nor can they be really because everything has a different level of merit and consequences to it. So I may spend a whole bunch of time producing some things uh, and maybe the, uh, the quantity of time may not be equal when I'm in, in relationship with people. However, the quality, though, because I took care of business, uh, now the quality is much greater. You know, I can focus having taken care of business. I can focus having delegated things. I can focus having forecasted things and I can see things from the from the womb to the tomb as it relates to planning. Um, I have the resources now. So now we also have uh, broader options to enjoy the relationship and so forth and so forth. So it might not have the same amount of quality, same same qual uh, quality of hours, but it will have the same, if not greater quantity of hours if I'm taking care of my business. So. I say that to say again that I may have to work long hours <laughs> and that's and that's OK. I'm not offended by the notion of hard work. I don't want you to misunderstand me, but I think we have arrested our development by neglecting rest. Or at least people that are subscribing to this idea of team no sleep. We are definitely minimizing or overlooking how significant rest is the grind the way we've gone about it is just not sustainable. If we want long-term success, if we want that real success, then we got to settle into a different gate, a different stride. And we have to trust that. Nah, fam, the race is not given to the swift. It's not about quick spurts, but to the folks that endure that, 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 that have that stamina to keep going to the end. And when you get to the end, fam, you don't want to be all decrepit. <laughs> you don't want to be all worn out. You want to still be able to enjoy the fruits of your labor that you've you know, been so diligent and intending to. So you know what we need if we're going to endure. We need rest, y'all. And I know rest and sleep are not synonymous, but we do. It is worth mentioning that sleep deprivation will have us out here wilding and hustling backwards. All my corporate friends or bibliophiles, you may recall this book that had a decent buzz about a decade, maybe even more than a decade ago. But Stephen Covey, uh, his seven habits of highly effective people. Y'all may remember that book. It came out and it was it was a big deal. Some of the takeaways from that book have made an indelible impression on me. And I just kind of kept up some of the practices from then till now. Um, you know, in addition to that, I'm a devout user of the Franklin Covey planning system. I'd highly recommend it. And since I'm out here recommending their books, they can endorse me anytime. <laughs> uh, Franklin Covey, get at your boy. Um, but uh, the way this works is by completing a series of activities and, and answering a whole bunch of questions, I get to establish or crystallize what my life's mission is. Sometimes people hand down missions to you and you never really consciously uh, interrogated it or investigated it. Or, or ask why, you know, so these ask a series of questions to help you get clear on what your why is and where you want to go. Then you establish goals congruent to that mission and your values to make sure you're living life, uh, uh, integrated life, a harmonious life in sync with where you say you want to go and who you say you want to be and what you say you want to have. Then uh, you break the goals down into actionable, measurable tasks, because that's a way for you to be sure that you're making progress. It's one way. It's one thing to be in our head thinking <laughs> uh, that we're going uh, going harder and going further. But, you know, it's a whole lot of overselling 
<laughs> and a lot of times we oversell to ourselves more than we even oversell to other people. So this helps us to see exactly where we're going. And then you, um, the practice includes jotting down the various roles in your life. So I might say I'm a podcaster, I'm a father, I'm a husband, you know, uh, I'm an investor. Uh, I do all these different things. And then I have to tend to each of those areas. Again, everything may not be have time equally distributed, but I need to be mindful of all these different hats that I wear. And then I need to, um, give it the proper attention to make sure that once I arrive at my intended end, it's whole or I'm whole in those areas. Right? So each week, what I do is I write out and I determine one big rock task, uh, for each role. And as I determine, and, and then I also determine, you know, four ways to sharpen my saw, if you will. Right. So spiritually, um, all right, let me backtrack. I'm sorry. So I have the roles and then I know what I'm going to do. One big item I got to tackle for each of those roles. So nothing is neglected. I might not spend my time equally in each, each area, but everything has been tended to. And then I got to make sure I tend to myself to make sure I show up as my best self. And in those areas that I try to um, tend to myself in include spiritually, mentally, emotionally, and physically. These are areas that I want to make sure I stay sharp in. So I call, they call this sharpening the saw. So for spiritually, that might include, that might look like taking a prayer walk. That might look like spending some time in meditation daily. You know, even if it's as brief as 10 minutes, just sitting still, um, cause you know, I'm a big fan of meditation. I believe that some things you can only know in stillness. I think when you're still, when you turn the volume down, the chatter down, all these other things, uh, you train your mind to be, you discipline your mind and a disciplined mind is going to work much more effectively. Uh, you get to hear your own thoughts, uh, apart from all the chatter that other people try to dump <laughs> into your mind. And then I think that's when the genius part of you comes to the forefront. It's always there, but it's just, buried under all the other voices and ideologies of, of culture, society, family, et cetera, et cetera. And then emotionally, you know, I tend, I, I, I tend to uh, myself. So this might include just being refreshed by volunteering somewhere, you know, because there's a certain measure of fulfillment that comes from that, or it might include journaling so that I get a cathartic release from maybe some emotion, emotional baggage that may be trying to accumulate uh, in my soul, you know, or something that I need to unpro need to process. It might be, um, going to a counseling session, you know, it might be um, just having a good time, some recreational time with my, my, my wife, my kids or a friend that I haven't talked to uh, in a minute, you know, going to grab some coffee, you know, uh, mentally, I want to stay sharp. You know, I believe uh, readers are leaders and there's so many ways now for us to stay informed, uh, even if you don't have the time or the interest in sitting down to read. You know, I'm a fan of audiobooks. Um uh, I am a fan of podcasts. Obviously, I'm I'm doing my own podcast. So so I want to make sure I'm staying mentally sharp and I'm researching those areas that are of interest to me. I'm uh, I have a subscription to like uh, Barron's. Uh, so every day I'm reading through, I'm combing through um, the market report and suggestions that way. I'm listening to different podcasts. Tell me what's going on with the market. I, I listen to nutritious uh, and health podcasts and so forth as I'm working out, you know, so these are this, I'm just giving you a clue. And then, uh, like physically, uh, you know, this might include yoga at night to unwind. This might, in, this might include starting my day with at least 30 minutes of, you know, some high intensity type of workout, 
etc. So this way, again, I can show up as my best self. And if I show up as my best self, I probably won't have to labor as hard when I go into the other areas because I've sharpened the saw. So the sentiment of sharpening the saw is evidenced in what uh, Abraham Lincoln said in his quote. He said, give me six hours to chop a tree and I'll spend the first four hours sharpening the axe. Contrast that with the person who says that they're too busy sharpen, to, uh, sawing to sharpen the saw. Right. So that kind of sums up the grind mentality where eventually you're going to end up getting diminishing returns, burnout, and you're going to be left with nothing but dull blades and be impotent to produce what you set out to produce. So not too long ago, I got turned on to Deepak Chopra and the way I got turned on to him. Um, I think I was listening to one podcast and I heard his interview and you know how everything is working now, how <laughs> everything you do on the Internet, all your Internet activity is kind of tracked. So when I went to my. Um, my audio book list of recommendations, I guess they, you know, the two interfaced and they saw that, oh, you, you, you like Deepak Chopra. You spent some time listening to his interview and they recommended this book that, uh, is pretty much like a compilation of like 17 hours of some of his teaching. And, you know, I figured I'd use my credit to go ahead and get that. Um, so that way I can kind of binge and just catch up on everything versus my, each of his individual books, because, you know, he has quite quite the catalog. But in any case, in that compilation series, uh, he did reference one of his books, uh, The Seven Spiritual Laws of Success. And by the way, while I'm out here name dropping, um, this is not an endorsement. However, <laughs> he can support me and endorse your boy anytime if he happens to listen to this. Right. Uh, <laughs> he he, talk, he has a book called The Seven Spiritual Laws of Success. And the fourth law is it goes like this. Uh, the law of least effort. Now, I, I presume that that made some of the listeners, if you're listening to this right now, you heard that you probably cringed a bit because we have been conditioned. We've been duped to think that it, everything success has to come by toiling. But, you know, to keep it a buck with you, if we look at ancient traditions and ancient faith traditions, we'll see that, you know, that whole eating by the sweat of your brow, <laughs> that sweat equity, that that notion, that's not really what we were fashioned for. I mean. Sure, I'm not saying you have to have an aversion to sweat, but I'm saying that is not the only way you can get success. It doesn't have to be hard work. It can be rested work. It can be smart work that gets you to the same goal, right? And probably gets you there in a more healthier uh, state. So, but that whole eating by the sweat of your brow, that was pronounced actually as a curse, according to the ju judo Christian faith traditions. And so people are out here embracing a cursed idea. And they're esteeming it and volunteering to live under a cursed existence, y'all. And from experience, I'll just tell you that, you know, some of that is because the ego is gratified by the opportunity to boast of toil. And we like to appear as having worked hard, you know, um, <laughs> just between me and you. You know, uh, there were times when my wife would come to the gym with me and uh, I would make things look like it was harder to look like I was going ham, you know, or I would do some at the house and I want that praise. So I'm I'm all extra. I got all the dramatic uh, actions going on so that she can see I'm really out here putting in work. It's it's crazy, y'all, because that's ego. <laughs> ego likes to brag. Ego is braggadocious. And because ego is braggadocious, we tend to shy away from grace. We tend to be people that are people that like to brag. They tend to shy away from receiving gifts. They don't know how to receive gifts. 
and people that like to brag or are those of us that have been conditioned that it has it's only going to happen by work 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 grind 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 and so we all we, we often don't know how to rest and sometimes people don't think they um are deserving of rest again because we underestimate how in integral uh rest is as a part of the process we interrupt this episode to express our gratitude for your listenership. Whether this is your first time listening or you're a regular listener, we want to deepen our connection. There are a few ways to do that. First, make sure you subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. And of course, chances are that if you like the show, your friends will too. So be sure to post, share, and repost on all of your social media outlets. Also, don't be shy. Connect with Fred B on Twitter using the handle at Fred Talks, spelled Fred T-A-L-X. After you've completed those two steps, visit the Patreon page at patreon.com slash Fred Talks. Remember, Talks is spelled T-A-L-X. And check out the multitude of ways for you to support. Lastly, if you enjoy the podcast version of Fred Talks, Imagine how electric a live Fred Talk session would be. Sure, recordings are great, but when it comes to value, there are some intangibles that require you to be in a live setting to get full impact. The goal is to begin online via the podcast and ultimately take the sessions offline to do the real work of providing solution-oriented motivational sessions to impact current and emerging leaders of all ages. To get more information about hosting a live Fred Talk session for your staff, students, members, send an inquiry to fredtalks.com to get the conversation started. That's all for now. Let's get you back to the show. Okay, so I, I can't really talk about the idea of rest without discussing the notion of being still. Uh, and I think I've alluded to it a little bit earlier, but let's 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 drill down on this thing. Rest does not mean the absence of activity. I'm not promoting idleness here. I think idleness can lead to destruction as well. I think when we are not where we are, ought to be, we open ourselves up to being <laughs> what we should not be. You know, like if I'm supposed to be at work or helping somebody with something and I don't I refuse or I, I for whatever reason, I don't go there. Then I open myself up to be uh, tempted to do something that I should not otherwise be. I think it's I think there's uh, something to be said about being where you say you're going to be doing what you know to do. Right. So I'm not promoting just being idle, just being uh uh, like a blank sheet. That's not what's going on here. I'm talking about having an uh, internal disposition or I'm talking about the posture you're possessing as you go about your business. So I'm talking about what's going on in the inside, you know, to kind of paint a picture. Uh, there's this, uh, let me, let me give you this analogy of ducks sitting on a pond on the top. They have their equanimity. They're poised, but underneath the water, their legs are working frantically to help them tread and stay afloat, right? So I'm not so much concerned with what you look like on the surface, like the duck on top of water. I'm more so talking about what's going on in the part that we can't see, your soul. On the inside, are you at rest? You know, does it mirror what we see on the surface? Or is there a lot of turmoil? Are you not at rest? Are you busy? Uh, does it look like anxiety and, and, and so forth? So that's kind of the idea uh, that I'm trying. I'm really trying to hint at. Now, sometimes we're too busy to rest. 
But you also know that sometimes as you lay in your bed, ready to go to sleep, your mind is just as busy as you were during the day. That's what I'm talking about. When even when you're not doing anything, you're supposed to be at rest. You're unable to rest. See, stillness is an inner quietness. Stillness is a calm. It's it's putting to rest the negative chatter or even the mm, entertaining the what if. Sometimes it's not necessarily negative chatter, but it's just excessive chatter. It's just excessive possibilities. It's excessive hypothesizing and and conjecture and what ifs and what ifs about things that, you know, hey, that stuff will be there tomorrow. <laughs> it's retiring from the compulsive need to defend yourself against every accusation or projection of other people who, frankly, don't even really know you. <laughs> you know, it's muting every anxiety and allowing yourself to just be present in the now, knowing that tomorrow has enough evil of its own, it have enough challenges of its own, it has enough distractions of its own, but you will never get this moment back right now. At this point, I think you are picking up what I'm laying down, but let me just kind of deal with this a little bit more. Rest is to be at peace with the past and to feel prepared for the future and to be here right now in the now. And the key is one of the keys that I found is that the best way to prepare for the future, which is what anxiety is, you know, mostly about, um, you know, worrying about not being prepared to handle the future or buying into this notion that you are not enough. You won't have enough. There isn't enough, some type of some element of scarcity, right? You know, so, so the, the best way to handle that is to be fully present in the now, because what I gleaned from right now in this moment, and then the successions of nows, right? Cause it's going to be a cumulative effect, uh, leading into my tomorrows. So if I handle today, right, and then it leads in tomorrow and that becomes another today. If I handle each one right, it will uh, allow me to accumulate preparedness that I can carry into tomorrow instead of me being in today trying to borrow from tomorrow's preparedness. That's hustling backwards. Right. And um, what I found is that proper preparation cast out fear. <laughs> Look. I can, you know, there's rumors of not just rumors, there's really strong economic indicators of a recession coming. Now, first of all, I'm informed enough to know that, hey, we've had recessions before. Recessions are just part of the cycle. Uh, it's, 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 it's not going to always be trending upwards all the time. We've had a long run. OK, things need to reset. OK, but since I see it, I can just prepare for tomorrow instead of being anxious. <laughs> I can spend my today preparing for tomorrow, instead of operating from a scarcity mentality, thinking there's not going to be enough opportunities, there's not going to be enough resources, not going to be enough work, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I think you follow what I'm saying. Now, this doesn't only apply to anxiety about the future, but even our angst about the past. So I'm not just talking about anxiety about the future, but our angst about the past. You know, you want to create some distance and even mental space between you and yesterday's events and then relish in this moment since yesterday has already expired. You can't borrow from tomorrow and you cannot borrow from today if you're going to try to be present in in the moment. So with the renewed agility and the nimbleness and preparedness of mind, then you can face each day with confidence. And there's this beautiful uh, poem that says to be still and to know. Uh, it actually, it's, it's borrowed from Psalms. Uh, one of the Psalms, the psalmist says to be still and know that I am God. Right. And you may not be a fan of scriptures, but, you know, I'm a, I'm a word guy. You know, I, I, I like reading broadly and uh, I have an affinity for for the scriptures, uh, especially 
some of the Psalms and, pro you know, the wisdom that's kind of packed into the Proverbs. So I like poetry. I like the sage sayings and I like many of the applications of, of this particular one to be still and know that I am God. Now, when I started practicing medica meditation, medication, <laughs> when I started practicing meditation a couple of years ago, um, I realized that there are several things that I only become aware of while maintaining a posture of stillness. Without toil, just being still, my genius which was already and is already and always resident within me started to surface and became more prominent. I get to know answers. I get to know the divine, divine attributes of me. Be still and know that I am God. You know, sometimes when I'm still, I get to know the, the God-like attributes that are resident within me. I get to know the divine version of me. Aside from all these things that have been projected on me, besides all these scripts that I that have been handed down to me that I've just taken on or the borrowed arguments that I've been able to spew out. But being still helps me to kind of reset and get restored. I get to know so many things that were already within my reach and it just adds to my development. And then it enables me to make a more valuable contribution to the development of others and the community around me. I get to show up as my highest and best self. Now, I should qualify this statement, though. Um, oh, and also, I guess in context, be still and know that I am God. Not only do I know these things about myself, I think there are uh, it deepens your relationship in the spiritual realm. And you get to know things about your God also that you would not know you know, always in the company of others, always in, in activity, 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 et cetera, et cetera. But I should qualify this statement though. Uh, sometimes, especially as we begin to practice stillness, we, we, we might have to labor to enter into a restful position. So I know it may sound like, you know, a paradox or it might sound like I'm double talking. Fred, I thought you said we don't have to grind. We're trying to get to rest. Yeah. Well, because we've been conditioned to grind, 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 then it's going to require some, um, probably some extra effort to harness all of that, to tame it. That's, that's you're going to have to work to tame it so that you can enter into a restful, restful position. Uh, and then you might have to occasionally labor to tame it so that you can remain in that posture. It's going to be a temptation to get distracted. If you ever try to meditate for just three minutes, you know, that is not necessarily an easy thing initially because there's so many things vying for your attention. So many things presenting themselves as urgent. And there's a preponderance of bad news trying to enter your space. Billions of dollars are poured into technology to distract you and to captivate you and to lure you into this hypnotic, anxiety-inducing loop. Look, this could be developed a whole lot further. I could throw out tons of examples to corroborate my point, but just consider everything and everyone. Everything and everyone needs a time of rest and recovery. Sometimes we need it daily, right? Like our sleep regimen that we need to be cognizant of. Sometimes we need a day of rest after a intense and eventful week. So many activities crammed into one week. We like, look, I'm not leaving the house. I'm chilling. I don't want to go out. You know, I just want to just sit and uh, kind of restore my soul, if you will, like just kind of enjoy being at home and be refreshed. You know, um, I think it's a, a Jewish idea, if I'm not mistaken, to even take a Sabbath, you know, take one day of rest, six days of work, one day of rest. Sometimes we need a season of rest and recovery, like a summer vacation. We need to just get away 
from all those different things that would normally be vying for our attention. And uh, you know what? Even nature tells us that we need to let the ground rest lest we overwork it and we deplete it of all these necessary elements and nutrition to produce a bountiful harvest. I mean, that's why we have a time where everything just kind of fades away, goes dormant, and then it pops back up in spring where things become really active again. So, I mean, just think about it. You make your own observation. You know, you're a little wild when you, you deal with folks in, <laughs> in certain situations and you ain't had no rest. Y'all know. Come on, don't play me. You know what I'm saying? So you already know just from your own observation of how you get down. As always, I appreciate you tuning in one more again with your guy. While you're here, just a reminder to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Fred Talks is available on every podcast platform. And hey, Run me those stars, fam. If you appreciate the show, say so. Log on to Apple iTunes and drop me a line about what you enjoy about the podcast. Leave that five-star review so the podcast becomes easier to find for others who are looking for something just like this. You probably don't think it's much support because it doesn't cost you much, but it absolutely means a lot to me that you would take a moment to do that for me. So thank you in advance. Hey, y'all have a great week. Tune in next week for another dope episode.